Southwest Airlines is really a pretty pretty stable outfit. They change CEOs about every decade. And number six started February the 1st at midnight. Robert Jordan is certainly no stranger to Southwest Airlines. 34 years of the airline and now CEO Bob Jordan joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Hey, David, thank, thank you for taking the time for me, and uh, it's, it's a joy to be here to talk to you. So 34 years, 15 different positions at Southwest Airlines. You you know where all the skeletons are hidden, don't you? <laughs> we have no skeletons here at Southwest Airlines. You know that. <laughs> well, maybe a few with her. You never know. <laughs> well, so no, I, yeah, no, I've had a chance to move. It, it's the beauty of Southwest Airlines. I've had the chance to move around. I, they, didn't, they didn't get locked into, oh, you're just a programmer. Gary Kelly has been my mentor, and he's moved me all over the place, and it's just been a blessing. And you've you've had some interesting uh, people to see you. Now you missed. Let's see, you missed the first two. If my my math is right, Lamar Muse, who was memorable, and and uh, Howard Putnam, who was there only a brief time, but a long tenure was, under. I can tell you, I actually had an email from Howard. Howard was so gracious; he sent me a note and said. Uh, uh, from number two to number six, I wish you well. Godspeed. So it was very nice to hear from Howard Putnam. Well, he was out there. He was brought in from United Airlines to sort of, you know, grow that company and, and turn it into a real airline. And then, you know, Herb, the, we all knew, and, and Jim Parker was the attorney, and Gary Kelly yep. was the financial guy. So what's going to be the, the, the Bob Jordan mark on Southwest Airlines? You know, if you're thinking about um, – you know, kind of style, you know, what's, you mentioned a little bit about each person's style and what they bring. I, I would tell you in, in, uh, you know, 30 seconds, I'm, I'm, uh, I love people. I'm, I love developing people. I love uh, developing uh, teams. It's, it's, it's a joy to see a team really come together and succeed. I think work with me would, would tell you that I'm, I'm pretty darn detail oriented. I, I ask a lot of questions. I may be, um, a little patient sometimes. I, I get classified as a driver a lot. I like to get things done, uh, but I'm an I'm an eternal optimist. And this is a this is an iconic company, not just an iconic airline. This is an iconic uh, company, and uh, we with with the people of Southwest Airlines who are who are the key differentiator. We we can go a lot of places. We've got we've got a future ahead of us with uh, daily flights. And uh, a, a thousand aircraft. We've got uh, growth coming in uh, with gates in Denver and Phoenix and Nashville and, and Baltimore and Las Vegas and Los Angeles. And I could go on and on. So yeah. the future, it, the future is really bright here. But you've really seen it through an interesting period of evolution. Southwest Airlines was, you know, the underdog and the upstart. And Mike, you know, now you're the 800-pound gorilla. You're the largest, you know, domestic carrier that there is. And while you're still, I know, categorized as a, a low-cost carrier, but you're up there fighting with the big guys. And 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 what's the what's the rest of Southwest Airlines going to look like on the other side of COVID? Are you still going to be? You're still going to have the major thrust that you've developed toward leisure travel, or are you going to swing back toward business? You know, uh, you, the on the 800-pound gorilla, I don't know if I would say that. I think the beauty of Southwest is even as we've gotten large, uh, we, we think small. We like to we, we like to think of ourselves as scrappy and and uh, and a challenger. The there's work to do coming out of the pandemic for sure. When you lose, you know, uh, in three weeks, 98% of your business, 
it affects everything. We, we, if you think about 2022 here, there, the immediate priorities are we got to get staffed. Uh, we, we, we were, we're just less efficient than we were coming into the pandemic. We probably got 35 to 40 aircraft that we just can't fly today because we don't have the staffing. So we've got a couple of jobs, one, job one to get staffed, uh, restore our network. Um, I really think we want to focus on our people. Our, the people are the essential heart of Southwest Airlines and this pandemic has been rough on them as well. And so we've got some basic goals for 20, uh, 2022. You get past that and think about the future. Uh, uh, we're a large and complex company. Uh, there, I, I, there's a lot of work to do to what I've been calling modernize the operation, give our operators, operators the tools that they need to manage 5,000 flights a day and 1,000 aircraft. We're hiring so many people. We're hiring, uh, uh, we are 3,000 last fall, 8,000 this year. Thousands again the year after, we've got a chance uh, in onboarding to really bring on this next generation of Southwest employees. Uh, but again, I, I'm just I, I, I'm just really excited about our future. You know, that was that's going to be the challenge is is the the culture. You talk about that because that's been one of the things that one of the earmarks of Southwest Airlines. In fact, you oversaw the, the you know, the, the transition of AirTran right. into Southwest. And there was I mean, one of the concerns was you got a whole bunch of people that somebody else hired that weren't of the you know, the sort of mold, uh, the characteristics that Southwest Airlines always look for in employees. And that seemed to work out pretty well. <laughs> it did. And I, I uh, you know, sort of back to the, uh, I've been blessed here at Southwest. When, you know, I've been blessed that Gary's given me a lot of opportunities, moved me around into 15 different jobs. And one of those jobs was, hey, uh, go acquire South, uh, go acquire AirTran and then put the two companies together. And what was evident quickly, though, I spent a week, you know, I spent every week in either Atlanta, where their hub is, or uh, Orlando, where the, uh, you know, the headquarters was, right. was really clear very quickly was that they hired great employees as well. The AirTran employees worked hard. They loved their company. They were proud of their company. They were fun. They, they loved to serve their customers. And um, that made it an awful lot easier. Now, it was very intentional. We had every AirTran person that came over buddied up with a Southwest employee to onboard them. So part of this was being very intentional. But at the end of the day, you it's got to make sense financially. But if it doesn't make sense, you can't overcome those cultural differences. You've seen that in, in other mergers and even in other airlines. Right. And the, 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 the beauty was that the culture of AirTran aligned well with the culture of Southwest Airlines. Yep. I, I, in fact, we, we remember some airlines that merged that really never did. <laughs> they always had separate workforces and right, right. separate schedules and separate agendas. So what about the evolution of the airline uh, as, a, as a carrier to business? What, what, I think one of the thrusts of getting AirTran was to be sure and really saturate, saturate the lower 48 so that you could serve every every business destination that there is. But to be in a business airline, don't you have to have, you know, uh, business class seating or first class or, you know, airline clubs, that sort of thing, if you're going to cater to that market? We, we, um, we have a huge push, and this is pre-pandemic, uh, to win our fair share or even more of business travel. 
And we do a lot of surveying and we understand our customers, our business customers. And what they tell us is it, it isn't first class and it isn't the lounge. I mean, they're, those, those are, they're, they're on the list, but those don't make the difference. It is uh, fair. Do you have the right fare? Are you reliable? And we, and we have, we have historically been an airline that you can, you can set your watch by the reliability of Southwest Airlines. And a lot of business trips are, you know, they're day trips, they're out and back, but you got to have the right fare. You got to have uh, reliability. And then, and then you have to have policies that make sense. The ability to change your, your, your ticket, no bag fees, no change fees. And then finally, and none of those things are changing. And then finally, uh, you've got to be where those business customers want to buy and fly. So you, you've got to have the route network, which, which we do, but then second, you've got to be in the systems where they pick it. And we weren't, we were not in all of these global distribution systems or GDSs. And over the last two years, we've corrected that. So we are now in every channel that our business customers uh, want to buy in. And so I'm very optimistic, um, not just that business travel comes back, but I'm very optimistic that we win far more than our share of that travel simply because now we have the tools to be able to better sell and then the tools that our business customers need uh, as they book their travel. I'm very optimistic uh, about these, uh, this, this GDS product project that we've had underway uh, for the last 18 months, two years. Robert Jordan's the brand new CEO of Southwest Airlines. Bob Jordan, our guest today. And we look forward to the, the to the Jordan decade <laughs> at Southwest <laughs> Airlines. We wish you all the best. David, thank you so much. Uh, it, it, it's a joy to talk to you. Uh, and uh, thanks for all that you do. And thanks for your time this morning, sir. Thanks, and we'll talk soon. Uh, for more of our conversation with Mr. Jordan, go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.